Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong. I'm happy to be back with you here on TalkZone Radio. Yes, my show is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information, and boy, do I have things to tell you today. You know, I normally start out with our dumb criminal news stories, and I'm going to do some of that, but I just wanted to pick up on one thing from last week. I told you last week's show, uh, it was on the 13th of April, and I told them that uh, tax day was usually the 15th. I told the listeners here in the United States they usually have to file their taxes by April 15th, but this particular year in 2017, they had until the 18th. That was Tuesday of this week, and I think I told you it was Tuesday because on with 17th falls or the 15th falls on a Saturday, the government usually moves it up to that Monday. But the Monday was a holiday in Washington D.C. I wasn't sure what holiday it was, even though I used to live in D.C. I spent much of my life there. But the holiday, which pushed tax day from Monday to Tuesday, is called Emancipation Day in Washington D.C. Emancipation Day in the District of Columbia is the new filing line when the 15th of April falls on a Saturday or Sunday. Emancipation Day marks the day in 1862 when 3,100 slaves living in Washington, D.C. were freed, freed by the proclamation of, Declaration of Proclamation by uh, Abraham Lincoln. So there you have it. We now know about why you had until the 18th to file your taxes. I hope all of you got in and filed them timely. If you don't file timely, you might get in trouble. All right, the peanut gallery is with me back there. They're here. They're ready for a great show. You can probably hear them. They're making themselves known. Okay, fellas and ladies. Okay, you can stop it. All right, thank you very much. Hey, they just don't want to give it up. All right, I have some stories. Okay, guys and ladies, I have some stories here. That are dumb criminal law stories. And I'm going to start with one from New York City. As you know, I usually read the headline first and then the story. The headline here. Kiss of the spider woman, maybe? A cabbie who claimed he had a no-kissing policy in his yellow taxi was hit with a $15,000 fine for ordering two female passengers to stop kissing and then shouting vulgar epithets at them when they got out of his taxi. This is all in New York City. TV producer Christine S. and her actress girlfriend, KCT, said they were barely exchanging a peck on the cheek in the back seat early in their ride when the driver, Mohammed Dahabi, became enraged. Quote, keep that for the bedroom or get out of my cab, end quote, shouted Dahabi. At a hearing before an administrative law judge in New York City, each of the women was awarded $5,000 for emotional distress. In addition, Dahabi was fined $5,000 in order to pay that fine to the city for 
kicking the women out of his taxi. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, I say boo too. Boo indeed. Don't kick women kissing out of your taxis. All right, here's one from New Hampshire. These are sort of off-the-beach stories that you don't hear in the news, but I, I bring them to you. I collect them from all over. New Hampshire is where this one comes from. The headline read, Transgender Pole Bombs Out. A woman believed to be the first transgender person elected to a state legislature was recently charged with calling in a bomb threat to a hospital. Stacy Lawton, her name, 31 years old, was charged with making the February threat in, to the Southern New Hampshire Medical Center that led to an evacuation. No bomb was found, thank heavens. Lawton had been elected to the State House of Representatives in 2012, but never assumed her seat after reports of a prior felony conviction raised questions of her legal ability to serve. Now that, as I understand it, that felony conviction came before she became transgendered. Here's another one from New York City. Headline, what a sting for a crossing guard, and it wasn't even real coke. The story. An off-duty crossing guard in Queens, New York, was arrested after being given a bag with cash and cocaine inside and failing to turn it in to law enforcement authorities. Bernard Pelzer, 58, was directing school children across the street when he was targeted in an NYPD integrity test designed to nab department employees for misconduct. He took a bag containing cash and white powder that looked like cocaine and tried to keep it. He was charged with petted larceny, official misconduct, possession of stolen property, and possession of a controlled substance. Now, it wasn't even real coke. It was phony coke. What do I say? Silly Pelser, you should have smelled a cover-up. It was a setup. You should have smelled it coming. But he didn't. He got arrested and lost his job. Connecticut. The headline. Police labeled it as old as old. Nope. Let's start again. From Connecticut, the headline: Police labeled it as plain old naked rage. A stripper, angry at being stiffed on tips, allegedly trashed the Ruby Two Bar in Bridgeport and assaulted patrons. Her name: Fran Ruiz. She was 28. Also threw bottles around and kicked the bouncer in the groin. Witnesses reported as she was being handcuffed, she spit in the officer's face. Wow, what a real hellcat, huh? <laughs> I guess when you stiff strippers, they don't like it. Here's one from Pennsylvania. Don't try this at home, folks. Headline, what an imbecile. A man tried passing counterfeit $20 bills at the wrong yard sale. This is according to a report by police authorities. Gray Douglas is his name, 40 years old has been charged with forgery, uttering, and theft by deception after he tried to hand the fake money to the woman running the yard sale. Now, the problem is the lady running the, the, lady running the yard sale just happened to be a bank teller. Amy Miller is her name. She works at a citizen's bank in Pennsylvania, and she knew that the bills were phony because they were not printed on real paper money. Or money paper, she says. She handles the real money made on money paper 
every day. Mr. Douglas went to the slammer. <laughs> All right. Now, this is a strange one. It comes from Massachusetts. The headline read, Misdeeds in the Drug Trade. A mixed martial arts fighter was arrested for allegedly beating two men he strapped to a cross. He didn't do it at the same time, but there were two of them at various times. Vito Resto of Springfield, Massachusetts, hung his victims on the makeshift cross and pummeled them for misdeeds in the drug trade, reports say. Resto, who is a top cage fighter, who has a tattoo of Christ on one shoulder, pleaded not guilty to kidnapping, assault, and battery charges. He is a mixed martial arts fighter who wants to beat up drug dealers by tying them to a cross. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. Here's, here's another story from Massachusetts, folks. Headline. What a crazy way to waste bacon and sausages. The story. Lindsay McNamara made headlines in Framington in December when she was caught on video hurling bacon and sausages in a police station, saying, quote, it's time to feed the piggies, end quote. She was charged with malicious destruction of property. However, a judge dismissed the charge, ruling that police had failed to show any damage. Still, she did have to pay, have to pay a $150 fine for disorderly conduct. What do you think about that? <laughs> All right, we go on to New Hampshire again. Many of these stories are from the East Coast that I collected. They, um, they say this guy made a grave mistake. That's the headline. They say this guy made a grave mistake. Michael Day, 38, pleaded guilty to helping a female friend to dig up her father's grave in hopes of finding his, quote, real will, end quote. Of course, no will was found, but a bottle of vodka, cigarettes, and cash were swiped from the grave by the daughter and the helpful grave robber. It's not really funny. Sad. I don't make these things up. All right. Just a couple more here that I want you to have that I want today. Here, here's one from Louisiana. Headline. It all came out in the wash. An accused murderer broke out of prison, prison van's back window was captured after a three-day manhunt because he stopped to do his laundry. Lorenzo Connor, 24 of New Orleans, was being taken to a mental health facility when he slipped out of his shackles and fled. A tipster alerted police after spotting him at a suburban laundromat. Yep, it all came out in the wash. All right, you like that one. I got you, I got you. All right, just couple more here. Now, this is going to probably be the last one I'm coming up to. Okay, we always have to have something from Florida. 
Florida has so many of these funny and weird criminal law stories and stories about dumb criminals. Here's a real dumb headline. So how long have you had that headache, mister? It's a story. A bandit in Orlando broke into a convenience store by literally bashing in the front door with his head. The hard-headed crook shattered the glass at the Sunshine Food Mart in Orlando and made off with $10,000 worth of scratch-off lottery tickets. The owner of the mart immediately contacted the Florida Lottery Commission, and all of the scratch-off tickets were canceled before the hardhead could cash any in. Isn't that something? All right, folks. It wasn't that funny. Well, those are the dumb criminal law stories I want to read to you for today. We're going to be taking a short pause for the cause here, and I'm going to come back and tell you some things with my own opinions. Just stick with me. We'll be back. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com You're listening to talkzone.com. talkzone.com Internet Talk Radio Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on talkzone.com Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong Radio and I just happen to be Leonard Birdsong so happy to be here with you In this part of the show I'm going to give you some of my own opinion. I don't talk a lot about my opinions, but, you know, I've been listening to what's happening in Washington, D.C. 
There's a FBI investigation going on. I talked a little bit about it on my last couple of shows as to whether the Trump campaign colluded with the Russians in making sure Hillary Clinton didn't win the election. Well, yesterday, and this, you know, I don't know any more about the investigation. I mean, I know how investigations are run generally as a federal prosecutor. I was involved in a number of investigations, so I know how they work. But something that seems to be unrelated came across on desk yesterday. It's a story about a fellow by the name of Jason Chaffetz. He is a representative, that is a congressman from Utah. He's the chairman of the powerful House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. And yesterday he wrote on his Facebook that he will not run for re-election 2018. Now, he got into Congress in 2008. He's been considered a rising star in GOP politics, and a number of people are wondering why he's getting out. He says, I've long advocated public service should be for a limited time and not a lifetime career. Many of you have heard me say, get in, serve, and get out. After more than 1,500 nights away from my home, it's time he wrote to retire. Now, as panel chairman of the House Dog Wash Dog Committee, Mr. Chaffetz was primarily responsible over any waste, fraud, and abuse of mismanagement by President Donald Trump or others in the federal government. Mr. Chaffetz promised to be an independent watchdog, despite being in the same party as Mr. Trump. Some of you may remember that during the 2016 election, Mr. Chaffetz held a number of hearings on Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton and her use of a private email service or server at home. And uh, people say that he did these things for partisan purposes. Now, what's interesting and why this I'm talking about this is that Donald Trump now is under investigation and he won't say, that is, Chaffetz won't lift a finger to do anything into the fact that President Trump has probably violated what's called the uh, emoluments clause, that is, foreign people should not be paying and enriching the president. Also, he may have violated the Logan Act by talking to other world leaders before he was inaugurated as president. And he takes a lot of trips to Mar-a-Lago, that's his Florida resort, where he goes almost every weekend, and he takes uh, Air Force One down there. Now, while all of this is somewhat, I don't know if it's important, we have a fellow who has the power to maybe find out why Donald Trump is doing all of these things and maybe bringing him to heel. But what's really interesting about it, Mr. Chaffetz, just before the election on November 8th, said he couldn't wait until Hillary Clinton got elected because he and others were drawing up an indictment for impeachment. They wanted to impeach her her first day in office. They felt she was such a crook. They said they were going to. They were going to um, look into everything she's done in her whole life and make sure she's not a good president of the United States. The irony here is we now have a president who probably is breaking the law in many ways. That is, the Logan Act seems to be up at issue. 
Also, it seems that he's spending a lot of money on all his security details for his Trump Tower in New York, his Mar-a-Lago in Florida, and his plane rides all over in Air Force One. Well, now, these are just my opinions. I think that Chaffetz is getting out because he doesn't want to have to investigate his own president in his own party, the Republican Party. We will see what happens. This is a story that has not ended and will not end well, I think. But stay tuned. Now I have some news tidbits. My research assistant's been sort of cross with me because I haven't been reading the the news tidbits that she sends me by fax. But here are some that I I want you to hear. Oh, yes, and I want to tell you we've got a guest coming up, and uh, she's going to talk about bankruptcy, so stick with us. But first, the news tidbits. Here's the headline for the first one. Cool his eels in jail. A Brooklyn seafood dealer faces up to five years in prison for trafficking more than $150,000 worth of baby eels. Tommy Water Zoo pleaded guilty one Wednesday ago in Norfolk, Virginia, to federal charges of illegally selling or purchasing baby eels in interstate commerce after they had been illegally harvested in Virginia. Now, as some of you may know, I didn't know this, eels can be legally harvested in only two states, in Maine and South Carolina. So he's facing jail time for harvesting eels illegally. Yeah, boo. Who knew, huh? Who knew? All right, now here's a nice little story. This one comes from upstate New York. It's one of those, you don't run across these very often, but... I want you to hear it. The um, headline reads, Paper Trail Ends. Story. After nearly six decades and millions of newspapers delivered, Mel Rulison has called it quits. Rulison, who's 87 years old, retired last Sunday as a route driver for the Leader Herald newspaper, which had a 7,500 circulation daily. It's a paper published in the New Mohawk Valley of New York. Now, he delivered 220 to 300 newspapers every day, seven days a week, for 57 consecutive years in Gloversville, New York. So more than 500 million papers in total he delivered. Now, he was working for his uncle's tannery, when he took on the newspaper delivery job as an extra job in 1960 to earn more money. He had been working uh, in his uh, father's tannery, I'm sorry, uncle's tannery, and in 1966, after the tannery closed, you know, he started working there in 1966, but after the tannery closed nearly 30 years ago, he kept on delivering papers spending three hours a day dropping papers at homes in rural areas 40 miles northwest of Albany. My, my, my. That is quite a story. 57 years, huh? Okay, let's move on to the next one. The headline, Cleanliness is Next to Godliness. The story, Pope Francis has opened a new laundromat for the homeless to wash and dry their clothes. The Vatican has six washing machines and dryers. 
the laundromat will remain open four days a week and services are free. Throughout his papacy, Francis has made an effort to reach out to the homeless in Rome. In 2015, the Vatican opened free barbershop and showers under the Vatican colonnade and set up a dormitory for homeless men near St. Patrick's Basilica. What do you say to that? All right, we got more. We got more things coming in. All right. Stick with me. I have a a couple of more here I want you to know. A little news tidbit. Headline. Four Middable Scholars. That's four, F-O-U-R. Ohio quadruplets, brothers, have all been accepted at some of the nation's top colleges, including each to Yale and Harvard. They are the Wades. They're all 18 of Liberty Township, in uh, New York, I guess. And they've received many acceptance notices in recent days. Nick, Nigel, Zachary, and Aaron haven't made their decisions, but Aaron from Stanford University, while his brothers are leaning toward Yale. I wish them the best of luck. These are four young African Americans who have done well in school and looks like they may go on to greatness. I think they should be applauded, don't you? All right, I hope they picked the right colleges. Okay, all right, all right. Now, here's the last little news tidbit I'm going to read. (laughs) This headline reads, Scrawling in love, not falling in love, scrawling in love. A man who spray-painted a marriage proposal on an Ohio shopping center has been fined for criminal mischief and sentenced to community service. But he says he doesn't regret it. After all, she said yes. A magistrate in the Sheffield Lake, magistrate in Sheffield Lake, Ohio, told the 23-year-old Kyle Stump that the more traditional down-on-one-knee proposal might have been preferable. Stump says he thinks the authorities overreacted. Stump pleaded no contest, but uh, he will have to pay restitution of $300 and do several hours of community service. But she said yes, so I guess that's good enough. <laughs> All right, we're going to come back in just a few minutes, and we're going to talk to our talk to our guest. Our guest is going to be Linda Coco, a professor at Barry Law School. Stick with us; more to come. Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. 
give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at Leonard birdsong.com You've discovered TalkZone.com TalkZone.com The best in internet talk radio Now back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com Yes, you are on Leonard Birdsong Radio, and I'm Leonard Birdsong. We have a guest coming up, Professor Linda Coco. She's an associate professor of law at the Barry University School of Law in Orlando, Florida. She uh, did her law degree at the University of Maryland. She also has a Ph.D. in anthropology from Berkeley out in California. She teaches about bankruptcy law. She was at once a research professor at St. John's Law School in New York City, but over the last six years that she's been with Barry, she's helped create the uh, bankruptcy pro se clinic for the Middle District of Florida. Are you with us, Linda? Yes, I am, Leonard. How how are you? I am doing fine. You are Professor Linda Coco, and I'm so glad to have you on. You are bankruptcy expert. I know little about it. You teach about it. So I brought on someone to talk about, I bring on people to talk about some of the legal topics that I don't know that much about. Two questions, Linda. Can you answer these two questions to start us out? What is bankruptcy and who needs to use it? Okay, Leonard. Um, bankruptcy is a federal law. It's Title 11 of the United States Code. And that what that means is that it, it applies to all the states um, across the United States, the same. It's the same set of laws um, that are applied. So it's not state law. You wouldn't be in state court. You would be in federal court. And I think that's one of the biggest distinctions that confuses right. people. Yes. So it's a that federal. Conf- it's the federal system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I forgot to mention that you used to be a clerk for a bankruptcy judge, right? Correct. For three federal- bankruptcy judges, actually. Yes, in the federal. Okay. In, the in the federal system, system. yes. So you know about it. Okay, so we now know a little bit about bankruptcy. Who needs it? (laughs) Who needs bankruptcy? That's a good question. Um, If you have a significant amount of unsecured debts, which means credit card debts, medical bills, hospital uh, hospital bills, which are medical bills, uh, charges that don't have collateral, such as a house or a car associated with it, that's one Type of person that it, it could could benefit from the from filing a bankruptcy. Another mm-hmm. set of folks are people who have um, mortgage mortgages that they haven't been paying on and they're in arrears for a significant amount of time. There has been a, a great deal of success in the Middle District of Florida in getting mortgage modifications 
through the bankruptcy process in a Chapter 13, which is different from a Chapter 7, which um, is Chapter 13 is a payment plan, whereas Chapter 7 is a complete elimination of a permanent person's debt. Now, what little I do know about bankruptcy, Chapter 13 is usually for small, well, I won't say small people, for homeowners or, or people who don't have a big business or that sort of thing. Is that right? Sort of consumer well, bankruptcy. Yeah. Chapter uh, Chapter 13's eligibility clause, 109, limits the availability of Chapter 13 to individuals who have regular income. So mm-hmm. companies cannot file 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 11. So I would suspect that more consumers file bankruptcy for, under Chapter 13 than businesses do under Chapter 7. Is that right? Um, yes. Um, there are significant... Well, I don't know the exact numbers of businesses filing Chapter 7. I do know there's a limited number, a small number of companies filing Chapter 11. Versus um, a greater number, I would say, uh, I don't have the exact numbers for people filing Chapter 13, but um, individuals filing Chapter 13 create the bulk of the bankruptcy cases in the federal court. Okay, now I'm, Gillian, like I say, you are the bankruptcy expert. You mentioned Chapter 11. Isn't that some kind of reorganization for corporations? Correct. Uh, Chapter 11 is a reorganization chapter that is for corporations, but um, individuals can file Chapter 11. If you recall, uh, Mike Tyson um, yes. filed a Chapter 11. And the reason why Mike Tyson filed a Chapter 11 was because for to be in a Chapter 13, there are debt limits. So an mm. individual can only have a certain amount of secured debt, which is like home loans up to a million, a uh, million two hundred thousand. I think the cap is now, and unsecured debt up to. I think it's about 250000 now, versus in a Chapter 11, an individual doesn't have a cap of the amount of debt that they can have. So you would have Mike Tyson, you have some of the, the rappers, 50 Cent, file the Chapter 11. Um, other big figures, uh, other individuals that have significant debts and um, significant debts would file a Chapter 11. Okay. I understand our president, when he was a... Uh... Casino magnet file for bankruptcy, I think, under Chapter 7? You know, I believe that what our president has filed is four different, um, his companies, not himself personally, but his companies have filed four different times. Four of his companies have filed, and they have been Chapter 11. I see. Utilize, yes, to utilize a code provision called um, executory contracts. Um, and for him to be able to strip off and renegotiate existing contracts that he had. So he uses mm-hmm. the power of the bankruptcy code to um, enable him to get out of bad deals he'd entered into. And then he All has right, a reorganization we, plan. Okay, well, let's go to the heart of it. If you go through bankruptcy, are all your sins abolished? Is that it? You can start all over again? Is that what it's about, really? Um, well, I would like to say yes. But under uh, 523, uh, Code Section 523, those are exceptions to discharge. So certain types of debt, such as proper um, physical harm and damage done when you're drunk driving, is non-dischargeable. Uh-huh. Student loans, student loans are non-dischargeable unless you can establish a, a standard of undue hardship, which is very hard to establish. And there's a list of debts 
Um, for example, child support payments are not ever going to be discharged. And tax debt um, that is younger than certain time periods. So if you have tax debt that's been owing for three years or less, you're not going to be able to discharge it. Mm-hmm, I see. All right, now let us talk a little bit about, and I'm very proud of the fact that you've helped Establish. I think you did most of the work, this bankruptcy or the Pro Se Bankruptcy Clinic here in the Middle District of Florida. Tell us yeah, about it. Uh, yeah, actually, no, the judges actually, um, the judges are very in much in support of it. So they, they've been the moving force behind the creation of the Pro Se, Bank, uh, Pro Se Clinic in the Federal Bankruptcy Court in the Middle District of Florida that's open on Tuesdays and Wednesdays every week. What we have done at, um, at Barry and me as a professor is that every week, myself and about five students are in there assisting people who can't afford an attorney and who want to be able to represent themselves in simple Chapter 7 cases, and we give them um, legal advice. Um, the judges, are uh, they make sure that was one of their goals for this jurisdiction, and it is unique in the Florida in, in Florida, that this uh, this per se clinic is set up for debtors. All right. Now, that sounds really good. You have so many students per semester. For people who don't know about law schools, all law schools have to have some kind of clinics where students get real experience in a particular field. There can be children and families. There can be immigration clinics. There can be uh, bankruptcy clinics and things like this. How many students a year do you have in your clinic? Um, well, that varies. Uh, this year, I've had um, I've had about seven. Um, I'd like, yeah. No. So I had two do a full year, and then three do a half a year. So that was five, but two did it in the fall. So seven, seven bodies in the clinic for the for the entire year. Um, the you have to keep it small because it's uh, you have to supervise each one of the students. That, so, that's exactly right, and you even have to go to court with them, don't you? Well, well, I have to be with them when they're interacting with the clients in the court. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, that's good experience because you are the real experienced person in all this. Having been a law clerk for, did you tell me three federal judges, bankruptcy judges? Yes. yes. Give you a lot, a lot of insight. Now, yes. we've talked about this because you know uh, I've read some of your papers. You've read some of mine. Bankruptcy used to be looked down upon as a legal practice, right? Bankruptcy it was a stigmatized area of law, especially back in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, even in, sort of into the 70s. It was relegated to the folks in the legal field that were considered, well, it was left to the women, the um, a lot of Jewish practitioners practiced it, and the minorities practiced bankruptcy, and those are the folks that kind of encouraged to practice bankruptcy because it was a stigmatized area. So that's but, one of the... Um, but, na- but, now, but now things have changed, haven't they? A lot of people yes. need to know and want to know about bankruptcy practice. Yes, well, what happened in the 80s was the corporations, the large corporations who hire typically the, the blue stocking, I think it's called, the, 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 the top law firms, um, wanted to start using bankruptcy as a sword to cut off debts they didn't like. And so the larger firms in New York, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Chicago, L.A., started actually having bankruptcy divisions of the large firms. And then slowly, 
over the past 30 years, they've become the most lucrative in most firms, the bankruptcy division. So now it's a highly desired area of practice. Particularly after the meltdown in the 2008-2009 period, right? Right. A lot of bad mortgages, a lot of people underwater, still some people underwater with their houses and their mortgages. Well, I, I always, again, I don't realize, and I really don't know as much as I know about bankruptcy, but just anecdotally, it appears to me that a lot of people use bankruptcy because they have medical bills that they haven't been able to pay. Is that right? Well, um, Elizabeth Warren, um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, before she was a senator, she was a law professor up at Harvard University. Um, she has written extensively on the use of bankruptcy to address medical medical debt. Um, so, yes, that is, I see a lot of medical debt. Um, I think that was pre-mortgage crisis. After the mortgage crisis, I think a lot more people were in bankruptcy because of foreclosures. And I mean, still the medical bills play a huge, a huge, a great, a great amount of the debt. We did have Obamacare come in, which I think alleviated some of that. But who knows where it's going to go in the future? Who knows, indeed. Well, look, I think that having a pro se bankruptcy clinic here in the middle district of Florida, Orlando's where we are, is a really good thing. And I think there's students who are probably clamoring to get into your clinic. Is that right? Yes. Well, some of them, yes. It's a, it's a, it's a very lucrative in the sense there's always going, there's never going to be enough money to go around. You're always going to have clients. It's a very <laughs> good area to practice. So, yep. um, so that's one thing that we can assure students when they, when they leave is that, um, you know, they can be able to do at least a chapter seven case be able to pay some bills. All right. Well, let me give you a little plug. For those of you who are listening out there who might want to have some bankruptcy help, tell us how they can get in touch with you or the clinic. Okay, yeah. They can go on the the Middle District of Florida Bankruptcy Courts webpage and click on the pro. There's a a link for the uh, pro se debtors and pro se, P-R-O-S-E, debtors and they can get information on the clinic under there. They would call the the call or email to Cindy and set up an appointment for either Tuesday or Wednesday to meet with either myself or some of the local attorneys in town that volunteer to help out individuals in um in the clinic. So now I know pro se means that basically you do it for yourself. Do they have to pay for this or do they pay no, the it's clinic? Free. No, it's free. Um, they represent themselves. We just help them with the paperwork and understand the process. All right. Well, that's great. You're doing wonderful work. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, then. Linda, I know that you are a busy professor. You're in and out of court. You, I know you have a class later today. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Hopefully I can get you on again, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about bankruptcy and Anthropology. I, you know, okay. People would really like to know why a bankruptcy bankruptcy expert in the law also has a PhD in anthropology. But we'll talk about that for another time. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Leonard, and thanks for having me. And. Thank- um-
Thank Bye. you so much for coming on. We'll talk again. All right, folks. That was Linda Coco. She is a bankruptcy expert. She runs our pro se clinic at the Barry University School of Law. You can go to the Middle District of uh, Florida Federal Court if you want to find out more about signing up for the clinic. Right now, we're going to take another pause for the cause, and uh, I've got a few more things I want to talk to you about, including some riddles. Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. This is Leonard Birdsong back with you. We're coming near the end of the show. It's been so good being here. This is really the end of my first season on TalkZone Radio. Things have gone well. I want to come back. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take a little hiatus because it'll be the end of the school year. I have some grading to do and need to be able to put my feet up a little bit. But I'll be back with a second season starting on June 15th. There'll be all new shows, and I'm happy or be happy to talk to you. Now, again, I get some or give you some words of wisdom from my colleague, Bill Davidson, who sends me things that... He would like people to know about leadership and things like that. I believe that lawyers are leaders, and I've been helping teach lawyers or new lawyers or help new lawyers attain their potential, being what I'd like to think is a good teacher. But Bill Danson sent this, says, you've got to embrace commitment if you be a leader. The world has never seen a great leader who lacked commitment. If you want to be an effective leader, you have to be committed. True commitment inspires and attracts people. Remember that. Commitment starts with the heart. It's said that at a Kentucky Derby, or at the Kentucky Derby, the winning horse effectively runs out of oxygen after the first half mile, and he goes the rest of the way on heart. If you want to make a difference in other people's lives as a leader, look into your heart to see if you're really committed. Also, commitment is tested by action. It's one thing to talk about commitment. It's another to do something about it. The only measure or real measure of commitment is action. Nothing is easier than saying words, but nothing is harder than living them day after day. Now, commitment opens the door to achievement. As a leader, you will face plenty of obstacles and opposition if you don't already. 
And there will be times when commitment is the only thing that carries you forward. David McMally comment, commitment is the enemy of resistance, for it is a serious promise to press on, to get up, no matter how many times you've been knocked down. How do you measure your level of commitment as a leader? I won't think about these words and think about commitment. It's important in any endeavor. If you want to be successful as a lawyer, a doctor, or an Indian chief, you have to have and embrace commitment. I know that because I use it in my own life. Now, as I said, I'm coming to the end of this first season. I'll be away for a while, but they're going to be all new shows starting on June 15th. Let me just read a couple more tidbits before I go. My research like my research research assistant has been sort of unhappy with me because I haven't written many of the things she's been sending me. All right, here's one that you should know about. The headline, a whole lotto wins for pair. What are the odds? An amazingly lucky Canadian couple has won the lottery three times, this time raking in more than $8 million, according to a report. Barbara and Douglas Fink of Edmonton, Canada, hit the jackpot a few weeks ago after guessing all six lotto, lotto 649 numbers, according to the Star Canada newspaper. In 2010, they won $100,000 playing the same Western Canada lottery game. Douglas also split $128,000 with four friends after they won lotto in 1989. Half of the $16.5 jackpot with another player who also guessed all of the numbers. Lucky people, wow. How about that? All right, let's see what else do I have here. High school journalist finds the real news. Many of you may have heard this story. An incoming high school principal in Kansas has resigned after the school student-run newspaper investigated and raised questions about her credentials. The Pittsburgh School Board accepted Amy Robertson's resignation on a Tuesday, a few weeks ago, saying she felt the decision was in the best interest of the district, the school district, in light of the issues that arose. The concerns stem from her receiving her master's and doctoral degrees from Corlins University, an unaccredited online school. Robertson said she received her degrees before the university lost accreditation. The school superintendent praised the students for asking questions instead of accepting something because someone told them. Good Good news, students. Good for you. That's good journalism. Find out about it. All right, folks. Now, since I'm not going to be with you back until June 15th, you can always read Dumb Criminal Law Story on my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. All one word, www.birdsongslaw.com. You can also go to my website, find out more about me, and also order some of my books if you'd like www.leonardbirdsong.com. That's my website. You can email me if you would like, if you want to make comments about the show or ask me questions that I might read on the air. My email address is lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. 
I'd love to hear from you. There will be things out there. <clears throat> now we're about to end the show. As you know, I usually ended with a riddle or two. See if you can figure these out. Why did Dracula's wife find it hard to sleep? Why did Dracula's wife find it hard to sleep? Think about it. All right, I'm going to tell you. Dracula's wife found it hard to sleep because of his coffin. <laughs> oh, I like that, because of his coffin. Coffin, C-O-F-F-I-N, folks. Got it? <laughs> it's because of his coffin. All right. What kind of bird sticks to sweaters? What kind of bird sticks to sweaters? Think about it. It's not that hard. Okay, I'm going to tell you. What kind of bird sticks to sweaters? Well, folks, it's Velcro. All right. What is always running but never goes anywhere? What do you think? What is always running but never goes anywhere? Well, you should know by now, that's your refrigerator. It's always running, but it never goes anywhere. Got it? All right, folks, it's so great being here with you. Stay tuned for my second season starting on June 15th. This is Leonard Birdsong of Leonard Birdsong Radio signing off. <laughs>